Welcome to that Super Fan Talk Podcast, only on the Infinite Potato Alliance. Hey everyone, if you're a regular listener to our shows or if this is the first time that you've ever stumbled across the site, then you should know that the party continues over at patreon.com slash infinite potato. There's a lot of reasons for you to become a patron. Your donation helps us to pay for things like microphones, hosting services, streaming platforms. You can be a patron for as little as $3 a month and you get a lot of perks like early access to episodes and our monthly special episodes where we watch and review some great old movies like Kingdom of the Spiders. Things are starting to move. You think something's about to happen between them, and all of a sudden Shatner says, you know what I want to do? I want to go burn that spider hill right now. (laughs) (laughs) Plan 9 from outer space. Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing with two heads. That is the show. Okay. The lieutenant. Oh, hey, I want to to hear how racist this is. <laughs> and for just a couple dollars more every month, you can become a producer of the network. You'll get a public thank you on some of the episodes. Special thanks to Tom Corcoran, Bullet Bingal, Jeff Hughes, and Brandon Ushio for bringing you this episode of the podcast this week. Find out more by visiting us over at patreon.com slash infinite potato. There was one good thing about the Avatar or the Last Airbender movie, and that was um, oh, no, I'm blanking on his name. The 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 uh, Jeff Patel. No, no, the guy that was on the Daily Show. The uh, which oh, one? John Stewart? Uh, no, no. Um, uh, Craig Osmondy. Osmondy. Yeah, it was good seeing him. You know, get work. It actually, I, again. It wasn't a terrible movie. It was just a terrible adaptation of an awesome cartoon. Mm. If if you didn't know anything about the Avatar, it was fine. It was Mm -hmm. it was perfectly fine. So you say all you fuckers pick something cooler. (laughs) I know nothing about the Avatar. I'm I'm thinking we're talking about like Airbender. Yes, it's the last Airbender stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The last Airbender. Oh, my my bad. <laughs> Not just well, because there's there's the, the you know the the movie Avatar and then there's the last Airbender. I try not to know there's a movie Avatar, even though I saw it. Hmm. Theoretically, there's like 20 more coming out sometime in the next millennium. <laughs> They're filming the newest one. I've heard. So. I mean, I, hope, I wonder the trend continues, and I'm like uh, 89 and don't know that I'm on the planet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to remember watching. Them. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> have y'all seen um, um, the trailer for the new Masters of the Universe? Yes, it came out a yes. couple no. of days ago. Uh, I'm so stoked for that. Is, no, 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 I haven't. But I used to love him, man. So it, look, it looks really, really, really. Good. In it? I mean, it, if there's no Shira, I'm going home. It looks just fine. It, it looks, looks like a big pile of math to me. But yeah, same here. Everybody's on form tonight. Wow. <laughs> John is like, yeah, and Rick is like, look at that. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
What did what oh. looked bad about it? Yeah, I thought it looked awesome. <laughs> I just it, no, it looks fine. I just I don't care about He Man. It was I was in my early twenties when He Man came out, and I thought it was one of the most cynical money grabs I'd ever seen. Well, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, I mean that's most eighties cartoons, to be honest. But but and exactly, but it was like that was the point where they stopped even trying to pretend it wasn't, and. So I, you know, I didn't watch any He-Man. I am a little intrigued because Mark Hamill is voicing Skeletor. Um, That'll be interesting. I'm now less interested. <laughs> I, I didn't actually know that because I watched oh. the trailer on mute. My, my my wife has just informed me that we are watching. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But, uh, what, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, it you know, it's that Korean animation, so it looks like it'll be you know. At least well produced. It's all Korean animation. I'm I'm actually it. I have not. Netflix's track record with animated shows is better than it is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Netflix. It is yeah, Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Now um, I have to watch the and, same trailer. And, no, and, uh, everyone, everyone knows who uh, who wrote and conceived this reboot. Correct. Yes, it's Kevin no. Smith. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. It was Kevin Smith. So that actually. You know, some people will, yeah, they'll think of Kevin Smith and they will think of the works that he has done and maybe not be too excited. But considering what the property is, I think that it's more of a help than a hurt to have Kevin Smith behind it. Well, yeah, I mean, he grew up, he, he grew up in the time that it was popular, so he's going to be coming at it from the same nostalgia that, that we are. So It gives me a chance to, to say the, the joke that I, I wanted to say a couple minutes ago and Rick started talking about uh, He-Man and not liking it, is to say that, uh, gee, Rick, it sounds like you saw the trailer and thought that it was written, directed by, uh, choreographed by, and starring the same person. <laughs> wow, you are really. You mean like Tommy Wiseau? Like cool. Are we going Wiseau here? Or what? No, um, no, we're going Babes with Blades here. Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> Is this gonna be a thing? No, that was probably the end of the thing. <laughs> All right, I I must watch this. Okay, watch it. Oh wow! No, no, I'm watching it now. I mean, I must watch this. Show. I love He Man. I really He Man like... was the one cartoon I watched when I was too old to watch cartoons. Really? Yeah. So this is. I don't know, but the uh, you know the uh, I'm holding out for a hero, but. Yeah. It, I, I will tune in just to see how many, if any, uh, references to the live action movie they put in. Oh God! <laughs> I would not yeah, hold looks pretty your breath cool. on that. <laughs> I could be wrong. Be I would not. It's going to be week. What's Netflix? You're going to binge, right? Yeah, I would. I would imagine yeah, that Netflix doesn't yeah. do a, a weekly thing. Yeah, so because the like six or eight episodes, right? Yeah, Netflix pretty much drops everything at once. All right, pretty sweet. And then it went right to a Fast and Furious kind of deal. So, right. uh, oh, Jen. Just embrace yeah, it. That's Just for embrace me. It. Is, that for me is the the yeah no ff no. You will believe but a man now. can fly. Just embrace it. <laughs> now, did y'all watch Loki episode one of Loki? Yes. Yes. No, I did not get the chance. <gasps> I was going. I was going to watch it tonight with dinner, but then I had company come over, so I ended up not watching it. And uh, now we're here. So, I the original plan I would have been finishing it like a half hour ago but i was actually in the middle of my of my uh 
first rewatch, my second watch. Uh, I was in the middle of the menagerie, and wow, does that stand up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm well, assuming no spoilers, but menagerie. I really enjoyed Loki. I, I like yes, where John. they're going with it, yeah. and uh, I just like the like early '60s aesthetic that they've got going on, like early '60s sci-fi kind of Doctor Who-ish aesthetic that that's in the place. Yeah, yeah, because can't talk about because it it'll spoil. Because it was made in the oh, you're not talking about Star Trek. Wait a minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. One thing that always impressed me about the Menagerie is you know it's it's a season one episode, but the Kirk Spock dynamic is uh, the Kirk Spock McCoy dynamic is really solidified by that point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great, and um, I can't help but now view it because I'm doing the chronological rewatch. Mm-hmm. So I just watched season season two of Discovery, and I can't help but think that Spock is thinking of Michael when he's doing when he's going against the rules, and it is the weirdest thing because this all happened, you know, decades before Discovery. Mm-hmm. But now I can't I can't disentangle it with Ooh, what came good. quote quote before. Yeah, that's what they you know? want. Yeah, I've I have watched a, you know watched a few things and and I'm I am watching seeing Spock in a different light because there is a lot more mischievousness to him than I ever noticed before, and and you, you can really see that the people that wrote Spock for Discovery did their homework. Yeah, 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 and I, it's to, it, to me it's just um, a hallmark of the quality. In the sense that you don't think about it and get annoyed, you think about it and it enriches something that you've seen a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he was a sarcastic prick in the original show, wasn't he? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We ready to rock and roll here? Oh, are we doing something? <laughs> I, I thought yeah. we already were rocking and rolling. <laughs> Scott Scott right. didn't have to eat dinner alone. He had some company. I was happy for Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Attention, whoever you are. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm wearing a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is That Super Fan Talk Podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. I like those odds. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. Now, only inches away from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. It's Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to That Super Fan Talk Podcast, a show that knows that if aliens approach Earth and view how many movies we've made about defeating aliens, then they'll probably keep moving. 
My name is Sean Ray, and sitting across the virtual table from me is a man that knows his ass from his elbow, but it's more fun to pretend that he doesn't. John Irons, how's it going, sir? Why's that got to be me? (laughs) I was waiting to see who that was going to land on. (laughs) Clearly, that's Rick. (laughs) I said you do. You do know. (laughs) Also joining us in the historic infinite potato virtual studio we have chris how are you sir i am very well and all that much better for being here with all of you jen is joining us tonight how are you i'm great i actually know my ass from my elbow too but i'm not a man (laughs) uh scott's joining us how are you no i'm doing fine i'm glad to be here here that's right here and rick is here as well the hell is shinola Mm. (laughs) <laughs> Hi, y'all. It's right next to the hole in the ground. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to play a game before we get started. And uh, this is a game that I concocted called Sequel Encounters. And what I'm going to do, these are going to be assigned. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the subtitle of a sequel, of a movie sequel. And you tell me what series it came from. Uh, you can try to tell me which actual movie in the series it is, it was, but I didn't look that up, so it it won't get you any extra points. But bragging rights, I guess, if you if 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 we know that you're right. So, all right, these are going to be assigned. Uh, I'm going to start with John. Okay. John, the revenge. Are you shitting me right now? <laughs> John's going to say that I stole this game from him. No. I mean, you did. I wasn't going to say it. I'm going to say there's like eight different <laughs> The Revenge. Might as well say part yeah. two. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say part two. This is the subtitles of the sequel. And I know what it like, is. But... No, I... Like the name, of the, the name of the movie and then the little subtitle. In no, the, I understand you know. what I'm... Uh, okay. No, let me think. Do I get a... Do I get a a hint or a genre or anything? A star? A year? A clue? Uh, I mean, I didn't write any of that stuff down. I just wrote down the... <laughs> but, I mean, Give him the clue in reverse. I, Scott, I, I, I know so, what it is. I, I, I can feel... Can, all right. Hang on a second. Hang on. Let me think. The, the, the clue is that it is the sequel to a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I feel like... I feel like you're taking out some resentment on me from various shows. So we, should, we should talk about it off the air. Sean, you missed your calling as Commander Game Show. <laughs> the, the, um, the Revenge. I'm going to say Jaws. Yeah, you're right. It is Jaws. Oh, okay, great. You got that right. Yeah. All right. Said uh, I saw that in the theater. It was awful. Yep. That was ju- that's Jaws the second two? one, right? Yeah. Jaws two, yeah. I think that was Jaws two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, know it. I don't know the name for any of the others. I thought I thought maybe it was four. Wasn't that Jaws four? No, I don't think. I think it was two. I think Jaws two was the revenge. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite was. of the awful sequels was the one that Michael Caine was in, just because that was, that was two. He, no, no <laughs> three or four. I think it was the fourth one. Because because when he 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 crashed his his Cessna into the ocean and then the shark started eating his plane, and he had this look on his face like oh you have got to be freaking kidding me I was like that's the reason he took the gig. Oh, how about that? I'm being eaten by a shark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, bring it up. 
the Third Reich. Wow, that kind of stumps me right off the bat. And I'm I'm spending too much time with my low quality bad movies because I hear the Third Reich and it makes me think the Littlest Reich, which is <laughs> one of the late, late, late sequels to the Puppet Master. It's like the eleventh installment in the series. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> I. I'm going to feel silly when I hear it, but I, I don't know this one. Does anybody else know? No. no? Okay. Right. It's Blood Rain. Yeah, I've never oh, seen that. So. I take Blood it back. Rain I don't feel silly. I'm completely <laughs> unaware of that entire franchise. Okay. <laughs> All right. The third, this I one is for Rick. Existed. I know that it existed, but I, if the, the fact that there were sequels to that movie blows my mind. <laughs> is it is it like like rain like rain or me or rain as in winning? No, R A R A Y N E. It's all R A Y N E. Blood rain. Yes, it is. It's just made up rain. Okay, it's just bullshit. Okay, it's basically beating people up. Yeah, it's it's an it's another kind of fantasy themed video game based Chris Loken low grade action movie. All right, Rick, this one's I yours. It came out right after T3. Probably. Uh, okay, Rick. Yes. Your sister is a werewolf. Uh, I got that one. Um, uh, Hotel Transylvania? John Steele. Nope. John? Halloween. Nope. I got it. Jen? Howling. The Howling. Howling. Yes. Oh. I, That's what I meant. What was that, like yeah. Howling 6 or something? That's Howling 2. Oh, it's number 2. Number 2 your is called Your Sister's a Werewolf? A werewolf? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> How did I miss that? I love The Howling. And this actually was one of the ones I did. The game that you're referring to that's on Captain Game Show is Second Time's The Charm. And it is and it is this. And that was one of the ones that I did. So I'm, mm. <laughs> All right, Jen. Oh, Jen, this one's for you. Okay. Um, Electric Boogaloo. Oh, please. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the one everybody knows. Reagan! <laughs> All right. The second Breaking. one. There only were two of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chris. Back to the hood. Um, back to the hood? Yeah. Back, the number two, the hood. T-H-A, hood. Back to the hood. I know I'm wrong, but I'm going to say uh, Leprechaun. It is Leprechaun. <laughs> no. I thought that was like the eighth Leprechaun. Well, well see, here's the thing. I thought it was four. It, it probably is like the eighth, but it's it's much later in the series. But it's the direct sequel to Leprechaun in the hood. <laughs> okay. That's why it's back to the hood. It's yeah. two because they're kind of considering Leprechaun in the hood. Its own like sub series. I'm saying like, like, like a reboot. Both the the conceit <laughs> of that movie and the setting of that movie are now hashtag problematic in so many ways. Yeah, well, <laughs> it keeps giving Warwick Davis a paycheck. So, <laughs> all right, this one is for John. Okay. When nature calls. Oh please, oh, it's, uh, Ace Ventura. <laughs> Ace Ventura. That's right. All right, Scott. Okay. Golden Receiver. <laughs> That's Airbud. That is Airbud. All right. <laughs> we 
were just talking about that on QLP. Anyway. <laughs> Rick. All right. Now something really obscure nobody's heard of. Here we go. <laughs> Risk addiction. Of course. Like I said. <laughs> you were 100% on that one, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, what's, what's that? Cr- crank? No, 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 John. Is that? Oh, um, crap! It's not not Fatal Attraction. The one with Sharon Stone. It's um, yeah. Um, Jet. <laughs> no, that's not it either. <laughs> well, it kind of was. Um. <laughs> Can I steal based on what John is saying? Basic instinct. Basic instinct. Basic instinct. Yeah, you got it. It is basic instinct. Okay. Um, all right. This one is for Jen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Oh, please. That's the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Yeah. I get all basic right. instinct, too, and she gets one of the biggest blockbuster no, franchises. I also got electric. No, that was basic instinct, too. Thank you very much. You yeah, basic it. instinct, too. That was Rick. You stole yeah, you it. You know what? I take it back. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Chris. Yes, sir. Armed and Fabulous. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, that's that, that, that Sandra Bullock that my wife loves so much. What the hell is that called? Scott to steal. Um, uh, Miss Congeniality too. There you go. All right. You know, you guys. That's got sugar um, in it. That's that's why I remember it. <laughs> when you when you don't know the answer and you know someone can steal, it's not a good idea to name all of the clues that you can think of. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like who's in it, what year it came out, and everything. That was so my thought process. I'm, just, I, I'm just sharing my thought process. I'll be. <laughs> it occurred to me. That did occur to me. But I knew that someone else already knew it, so I, I feel we like were on mic. You know. Hmm. All right. Uh, okay. This one is for John. Okay. And the um, the subtitle is "Or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance." Uh, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> I'm not feeling very virtuous, and yet the unexpected virtue of so it so it's like blah blah blah. It's like to... t- title. It's like title of the movie, and actually, okay, here's a hint. This is actually not a sequel. It's title what? of the movie. And then, or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. This is the one that broke the rule. Okay, so but it's not a sequel. It's just it's a, not a sequel. It's just a, no, it's just, it's just, it's just an interesting a subtitle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unexpected <laughs> virtue of um, I would say Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but it's already too long a title. <laughs> That'd be no, a super title. Um, uh, Death becomes her. Nope. Scott? Birdman. It is Birdman. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good okay. one. Uh, Scott, this one's yours. And I will tell you, there are four different series that I will accept as an answer for this one. Uh-huh. But I'm not, but I mean, you still have to choose All right, well, one. John DeSteele. This is, uh, okay. <laughs> the subtitle is Awakening. Uh, Oh, see, this is this is annoying because it's one of those where it, it you should have at least one that comes to mind, and you say there's four, and I'm I'm blanking on all of them. Actually, right John Steele. 
I, I think. Um, I think I might or, know. Or I guess John to share if he gets one of the <laughs> different one. Sorry, I, I had to I had to uh, deal with a, a, a Sharon question. What was the? Can I just hear what the awakening? What awakening? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, no, no, I got okay. nothing. I'll end up just eating up too much time if I try to. John, you wanted to steal? I'm gonna guess Highlander. Nope. nope. Can I guess awakening? Well, um, I who, know that. But well, who was that? Was that yeah. Chris that said? Thank steal? you. Okay. Um, I, I know I'm probably wrong. The Crow. No. No. Okay. Is it Anybody the, else? See, Highlander, Crow. I can name all the subtitles Nightmare on Elm Street? All the sequels. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. I would have accepted Underworld, Amityville, Species, or Omen. Oh, and see, the, Underworld. That I forgot about that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, a couple of those are actually The Awakening, but I would have accepted them. Hmm. Um, okay, so this one is for Rick. This is written in 1940, came out in Germany only for two minutes. No. <laughs> I'll tell you, there are three different series that I will accept as the answer for this, okay? Um, Resurrection. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, uh, Alien. Okay, Alien, yeah. Okay. I am not proud of I that, also, but I'll take it. <laughs> I also would have accepted Halloween or Hellraiser. All right, uh, this one is for Jen. Mm-hmm. Annihilation. Oh. oh, um, Resident Evil. John Steele. No. Oh, gosh. John? Yeah. Mortal Kombat. Mortal yeah. Kombat, oh, yes. Oh, uh, Okay. I was like, there's All so right. many Resident Evils that I had to fit in there somewhere. And <laughs> Too bad you will die. This last oh, one goes to uh, this last one goes to Chris. All right, the final chapter. <laughs> um, pretty sure that's how. Oh, uh, Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, I, I, I really want X, as you know, Sean. I think we share that as our favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, John wins with four points. It was John four, Scott two, Rick one, I'm Jen taking, three, and Chris three. I'm taking my one and F all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So tonight we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, movies that never got made, and I've just I've got a list of of movies that uh, were in either were in production or were in pre-production and it got halted and the movie just never came to fruition. And uh, we're going to talk about them. So the first one I've got on my list is an Edgar Allan Poe movie starring Sylvester Stallone. What? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll read you the um, description that I have here. So Sylvester Stallone's been trying to get a movie about Edgar Allan Poe off the ground for the last... 25 years and uh he said and the way he describes it as it's a story for every young man or woman who has been ostracized during their life as an oddball or too eccentric it didn't work for poe either his work was too hit for the room he developed a modern mystery story he was also one of the great cryptologists there were very few codes he couldn't crack he was just an extraordinary guy so uh originally Stallone wanted to make the movie and he wanted to play Poe himself, but then he decided to just make the movie and he was going to have Robert Downey Jr. play Poe. And, uh, it just, 
but the project the project did get far enough along the where Robert Downey Jr. read the script. He was impressed. Uh, in 2009, he, he told Screen Rant that Stallone wrote this great script that he wants to direct about Edgar Allan Poe. But here we are, you know, 12 years later, and the movie has never been made. So, Once upon a midnight dreary. That actually sounds good to me. Wasn't like, there, wasn't there I a mean, not the, not the voice. I mean, the, <laughs> the idea. There was a Poe movie that came yeah, out, but the it Raven. wasn't. Called yeah, it, yeah, it was, and that had uh, John Cusack playing, and, yeah. and it was a giant flop. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because it made him into like a detective or something. Yeah, or I had a, in the nineteenth century, uh, Baltimore detective Emmett Fields makes a horrifying discovery, murders, blah blah blah, and it's the same. It's a fictional crime described in a story about Edgar Allan Poe. I wonder if it's like there, like the Rue Morgue kind of deal. Anyway. Yeah. I like I like Poe in um uh uh um, what's the one where they they live forever with the neck things uh, oh you're talking about uh, oh, Alter Carbon, Alter Carbon uh, he's amazing in that I yeah. love he's my favorite character actually yeah he's pretty good in that but he's an he's an AI so yeah so he, but he's still he's still it's it the guy AI looks Poe. like Poe and he oh yeah and he he's yeah. he's just an incredible actor yeah. Yeah, I just I, I'm trying to wrap my head around this, and I just can't imagine Sylvester Stallone playing. No, would you play Edgar Allan Poe? Yeah, at what point it? he did apparently. So at, at the beginning, he wanted to play the part, and then he changed it and was trying to get Robert Downey Jr. to play the part. Mm. Well, you know, I can I can testify, and Scott can probably back me up on this as well. When you're a young actor, you're horribly unaware of. Of how, you know what is an appropriate part for you? Oh, this yes. was 2009. Yeah, I was going to say this was this was. <laughs> he wasn't that young. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, didn't he win an Oscar for writing Rocky? I mean, Stallone is an actual formidable talent. Right. Oh, oh yes, yeah. yeah. Stallone is a good writer. writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was thinking that's the same thing. That's, that's, yeah, I'm, 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 I wasn't being facetious. Like, I, it sounds good. I, I would be interested to hear a, a Stallone treatment. Yeah, I, I, at, I, at I, I would want to watch the movie years. with with Downey playing Poe, though, not with yeah. Stallone playing right. Poe. You, or, or, you, you or someone um, like Sean say um, Benedict uh, an, Edgar, an Edgar Allan Poe film made by Sylvester Stallone. The first thing that you picture is, you know, Rocky, Rambo, Raven. You know, you, you picture Stallone as Poe, and it doesn't work. You can't you can't reconcile that in your head. But then when we get the real story, which is it eventually developed into. Stallone writing this project, and exactly like Chris said, he's an Academy Award-winning screenwriter. Yeah, it's yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to be just um, some cheesy action remake of Poe. He's writing a legit Poe film, and there's there's merit to that. I would be interested. And he's actually not a he's actually not a terrible actor. He just picks a lot of the roles that doesn't really require any. <laughs> he's on autopilot a lot. Uh, so even him playing it would be would be. He was great in the first blood. I thought he was amazing in that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think I'm a Sylvester Stallone fan. I think that all of the Rocky movies, he 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 did a a good job acting. And I mean, and watch those last two Creed films. You know, there's some scenes in there that'll break your heart. Oh yeah, I, Creed. I, he but, did really good. Seen those? I have not seen those. Yeah. But I thought um, those last two Rambo movies that he made were were great. I loved both of those. Mm-hmm. And um, Rocky Balboa. Was uh, I thought it was yeah. a really good movie. I think you'd really yeah. like Creed. 
Chris. Oh, I want to see yeah. Creed. For some reason, yeah. I just, I, it's like one of those things where I've been meaning to watch it forever. I can't find it on streaming, and then I forget about it for a half a year, and I, it's, it's high on my list. It just keeps eluding me. Mm. Now, having said what I did earlier, and not realizing that it was quite so late in Stallone's career, um, there have been, and hang on, I need to look up something really quick. Um, hey, you'll never more, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure I had the right guy. It's Al Pacino. I always get Pacino and De Niro mixed up. Not in any way that they're similar, just in my head, their names get what? confused. <laughs> um, there's a movie called Looking for Richard that uh, came out in 1996 starring yeah, Al Pacino, yeah. uh, which is all about him doing a production of Richard the Third. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, and and you don't really see the show. You see bits of the show, but it's not about. It's not. It's not a production of Richard the Third. It's about Pacino making a production of Richard the Third, and he plays Richard the Third. And you know, Pacino's not the first name that comes to mind when you think Shakespeare. But damn, he was amazing in it. Mm. So, mm. you know, I could be completely wrong. Stallone could be able to turn out a product. Uh, you know, a performance as Poe that would make everybody weep. Um, so, I think he's perfectly capable of it. We've just over so many years. We're so accustomed to just seeing him. Okay, he's either Rocky or he's John Rambo or he's you know whatever the hell his name is in the Expendables, and and that's all you picture is the names yeah. didn't matter in the Expendables, uh, right? <laughs> the names were expendable. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be interesting to see Poe, you know, as jacked as Stallone is with a you know with a full back tattoo like he's got these days. You so, think Poe could handle a law rocket? Aside from <laughs> never <No>. more, bitch. <laughs> aside well, he's got that from, arrow um, that he uses to shoot. Anyway, <laughs> aside from uh, Stallone and Robert Downey Jr., who would you who would you and the guy from Altered Carbon? Who would <laughs> <laughs> whom would you cast as Edgar Allan Poe? You know, not with us anymore, Vincent Price. Well. Today, alive. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, and Poe, obviously. Well, I mean, okay. Before he became such an, a self-absorbed douche and crawled up his own ass, um, Johnny Depp probably would have been able to do it. If he'd done it maybe 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. When he was still Johnny I mean, Depp and not Johnny that. Depp. And not a caricature of and Johnny not, Depp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. He kind of was in Sleepy Hollow. That was basically... (laughs) Sleepy Hollow was the beginning of the end of Johnny Depp. Yeah. No, I mean, as far as playing Edgar Poe. You know, the only thing I can think of, and and again, way way out of... He's still alive, I think, but, you know, the dude that voiced Kit... um, William Daniels? Oh, William Daniels? Wow. Mr. Feeney? Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Craig... He kind of looks. Oh, he's only like ninety this. years he's, old. He's, yeah, he's basing that on jowls and mustache. I think. Yeah, <laughs> he's not in good health. I'm gonna go uh, um, full Affleck on this one. No. Yeah, he could in, do that. In in his prime, uh, probably Tim Curry. Oh yes, uh, definitely. Maybe mm, I mean not like, now, like, obviously. But. Like right at like right around the time that he did Rocky Horror, like around that time. You know what I would Who's have the... loved to have seen in his prime was Tim Curry playing. Uh, um... Oh Jesus Christ! I'm, I can uh... Pennywise. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> He's done that. Have I got news for you? The guy that wrote <laughs> the guy that wrote the importance of being earnest and the picture of Dorian. Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde. Oh. Thank you. Mm. Well, they've already done an Oscar Wilde movie, though. 
Well, they've done a lot of movies well, that they uh, remake. Well, they no, remake no, no, no. I mean, a biography about Oscar. But, but I'm saying, which I would means love we can't do any more. Party. No more biographies. <laughs> Everyone gets one biography, and that's it. <laughs> Robert Pattinson could do it, I think. Yeah, actually, yeah. I can see that. You know that. what, John? I'm with you on that one. I buy that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Paul um, Rudd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, have seen any of Pattinson's movies after he's. Broken away from the whole Twilight thing, he's actually a really good actor. Well, I, I will yeah. see some of his post Twilight stuff whenever the Batman comes out. Okay, you don't you don't need to see the Twilight stuff. Actually, the Lighthouse. See him in the Lighthouse. He's amazing I, in that. I gotta, I gotta. You know what? I gotta say it, and this is going to sound very QLP centric, but uh, younger Dean Stockwell mm. would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah. He had the look. He had the look. Sam Rockwell could do it. Yeah. Oh, yes. totally. Yeah. Your yeah. call. All right. The next one is okay. So we remember the hot mess that was X Men Origins Wolverine, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, it, it killed a potential new direction that Fox was going in, where they were going to make a series of movies. And they were going to be different characters from the X-Men. And it was going to show their origin. They were going to get their own movie. The next one in that series was going to be uh, X-Men Origins Magneto. Was it? I thought it was Gambit that was going yeah, to I thought Gambit was the next one. Not according to what I read today. <laughs> no, according to my wife, who was very excited and then very upset when it didn't happen, it was Gambit. <laughs> well, Gambit has been you know on, it's off, it's on, it's off. That's been going on for years. But when yeah. they first came up with the concept of X-Men origin movies as like a sub-series, Wolverine and Magneto were the first two they came up with. Um, yeah, Gambit, Wolverine's definitely the one to get people in. Yeah, that what Gambit wasn't even going to be an X Men Origins movie; it was just going to be a Gambit movie. Yeah, yeah. They they worked up a treatment. Elements of that treatment actually did get put into X Men First Class. So a lot of that stuff that you see of Magneto at the beginning in the uh, concentration mm. camp and stuff, all that stuff was going to be in the Magneto movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, just that Wolverine movie, and it's not. I rewatched that movie not too long ago, like within the last couple of years. Story-wise, it's not a terrible movie. It's just the special effects didn't look like they were the finished. The effects were bad, and the whatever the hell they did to Deadpool was. <laughs> yeah, the Deadpool thing was was weird, and uh, yeah, there was just so many things that happened in that movie that made it bad. That movie could have been good if they had. Finished it. True. <laughs> I just remember, you know, no sinks were harmed in the making of this film. Uh, I, I think I saw it on a plane, and it was good enough for a plane. It wasn't much. painful to watch, especially as someone who isn't in, you know, steeped in the lore. So, you know, I, at that point, I had never heard of Deadpool, so I didn't know that that whatever they did was so very, very, very wrong. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, just keep now, thinking of uh, Ryan Reynolds at the end of Deadpool two, just like like shooting, oh, shooting, shooting that Deadpool, himself. and then just like taking like five or six extreme shots for no reason. Deadpool is literally called the Merc with the mouth, right? And he didn't have a mouth; <laughs> it was sewn shut. That man that has shit a lot of powers that he doesn't normally. <laughs> but even I think uh, one of the one of the more memorable lines of that movie was I think Wolverine said to him, "Oh my God, Stryker finally found a way to shut you up." <laughs> oh, I thought it was okay. 
all the people are dead. You can come in now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next one on my list is one that we we've talked about before, but it's it's a pretty famous one. It's Superman Lives. Oh. I, you've, uh, about, you've done a whole yeah. table reading about it. Yeah, we did yeah. the table. Well, well, okay, we did the table reading of the Kevin Smith uh, script that he wrote, mm-hmm. but that movie once Tim Burton took over, he wasn't going to use Kevin Smith's uh, script. He was having it rewritten, and it, but it actually did get far enough that they, they, they had Nicolas Cage, they had a costume. There's and a pictures mullet. of him wearing he the had costume. A mullet. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> there is a wonderful documentary called "The Death of Superman Lives" that, if you're at all interested, you've got to watch it. It's yeah, really. Oh my good. god, that has like as many subtitles as the first game we played. <laughs> it's yeah, it's called the, the Death of Superman what Lives. Happened, what happened? The Reckoning yeah. Part B Revenge. <laughs> um, I thought that, that was an okay documentary. I really thought that the guy that was presenting it, he did a good job of getting the footage together, but he himself was kind of an affected, not very good host for the like. He he wasn't a good driving force for the doc. I just I didn't think he was very talented in that regard, but it was it was interesting, and to see some of the bullshit way out concepts that they had for Superman, mm. I, I just I can't believe that Nicolas Cage was on board with that since he is such a like a, a dyed in the wool. I mean, he named his fucking kid Kal El, right? <laughs> Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage, just wanted to play a superhero. And he really didn't care which superhero it was. That's why they eventually let him play Ghost Rider. Okay, you can play Ghost Rider. How about that? Yeah, yeah, I'm a superhero. Uh, I, I think he took Ghost Rider as a consolation prize because I think I think Superman was his holy grail. He wanted to play Superman more than anyone else because he's a huge Superman fan. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was not a great script to represent Superman coming to the big screen, that mattered less to him than just the chance to play Superman. And well, if you... Sorry, go ahead. And if it's if it's a Tim Burton production, especially fresh off of what he was able to do to revitalize Batman on screen, then I can understand his his decision. But at the same time, ah, some some of what they were coming up with just wasn't that solid. I mean that that outfit that he did costume testing for was kind of scary. The, the one thing that I that I hope for, I cross my fingers and hope that <clears throat> excuse me that the hair that he had during those costume tests was just for a different role that he was, that he was playing and that they would have cut it for the movie. I, I hope. Well, well the, Superman did have long hair. In he the, did in have a mullet comics. in like the early 90s. Wasn't that he was like the man of energy then too? Like they completely. No, that was later. Oh, that yeah, was later. Okay. Yeah. The, the thing the, is the mullet was, was a result of him dying and coming back to life. That was one of the things that was different when he came back was he had longer hair. He eventually cut it. Uh, I, I think he cut it for the wedding when he and Lois got married. And then shortly after that, he turned into energy. They turned into two energy beings. And then they undid that because it was goddamn stupid. It was campy, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that you see in the documentary, and, and and Chris, you know what? I can't remember the host of the movie at all. So yeah, well, that's got to be right. I mean, he was really like he was like the Simpsons comic book guy who just <laughs> happened to make a documentary that just happened to get funded by Netflix, I guess, or whatever it was. I was just so fascinated by how many speeding bullets we dodged. But one thing that really stood out to me 
was the, the where when they showed Nicolas Cage and Tim Burton talking about stuff, and you realize they're both the same brand of crazy. <laughs> and I think that's more than any other reason why Cage was so into it because he was like, you know, Burton was like, well, you know, you're gonna, you're, and I'm, I'm just making shit up. I, I can't remember a single quote from it, but he's like, you know, now we're gonna have Superman ride a motorcycle being chased by tigers, and Cage's like, oh yeah, that's really groovy. I'm, I'm gonna do this and that when we do that, and and it's like they're both talking English, but it's their own language. <laughs> and it would have just been so horrendously awful. But I, you know, you got to think because the the whole reason that the movie didn't get made was the stu- whatever studio was backing them finally went no yank and just pulled the money. Yeah, I never saw either of the Ghost Rider movies, so to me, the Nick Cage definitive superhero role is Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you oh, go. Good point. Yeah, he actually was good doing Big Daddy. <laughs> it's a great yeah. movie. He he does a great Adam West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that that I saw on that that doc where like Superman's ship was also going to be like a like a chrysalis, like it was just so out there. It was just such a bizarre kind of. Concept. They had all kinds of weird concepts because mm-hmm. you know Tim Burton. He, he's they they still there's still people that complain about like Batman Returns because, and it wasn't Tim Burton's fault. The movie was weird, but we we knew it was going to be weird because it was Tim Burton, and they mm-hmm. told Tim Burton you can do whatever you want because we 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 held you back for the first one. Do whatever you want on this one. It was the mar- marketing uh, uh, when they started making Happy Meal toys and stuff for Batman Returns, when it's really not a kids movie. No, it was not. No. But as weird as that movie was, see, then he was going to get into science fiction and stuff with Superman, so he was going to be able to even go weirder. And he had all kinds of creatures and and uh and of course, you know, big effing spider. <laughs> yeah. You know, I loved Tim Burton in his early years. Um I, you know, Beetlejuice and Mars Attacks are two of my favorite movies of all time. And then uh uh and Big Fish is great. Big Ed Fish Wood is, is awesome, great. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands, uh, I think, is his best. Oh yeah. Edward mm. Scissorhands didn't do much for me, but I'm but Granted, I watched it, you know, in my early 20s or whatever, so it was not, you know, the, the the whole romance thing didn't work for me. I may enjoy it more now if I watched it again. But then, you know, Planet of the Apes and Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, all his remake, quote-unquote remakes are the... Ugh. And then Sweeney Todd just was the last nail in the coffin. I like Sweeney Todd, though. I'm, I'm the weirdo, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I've never like seen. about Sweeney Todd, but it is starting to, you know, really push it as far as... Um, overproduced, overdone Tim Burton, which yeah. I think is typified by his uh, his Wonderland movies. True. <laughs> for, for anyone who's uh, interested in the documentary we've been talking about about uh, Superman Lives, the the maker of the documentary, also the the host and narrator, was John Schnepp, uh, who was going to try to turn this into like a series of documentaries where he would do deep dives into other superhero movies that never got made, but he died before he could finish another one. Ooh, oh my I'm God. Right. I'm, I'm speaking wow. of the dead. Yeah. I didn't oh want my to call God, you out. I'm an right asshole. Holy moly. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, being dead doesn't make any, make him any more talented. I'm a Thank you, Rick. I can always count on you to be a bigger dick than me. <laughs> 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 All right. 
so, I feel like you're taking uh, a lot of shit this episode, Rick, but I also feel like it's being paced out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, not, it's not a dump more than it is a, a, a sprinkling. Um, we talked about Superman. Now, also, we got to talk about Batman a little bit because the, mo- the Batman movie did get made, but before that movie got made, the- Ivan Reichman was going to make a Batman movie and it was going to star Bill Murray as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Okay, and people thought them casting Michael Keaton was weird. All right. <laughs> yeah, and this was in the this was in the earlier eighties. I mean, because Batman came out in eighty nine, so this was earlier in the eighties. Uh, Batman went through a long pre production process during which many directors were attached to the project, including. Ivan Reitman, who, mm. you know, famously did Ghostbusters. His vision for the movie was going to be more comedic. Uh, he had a very different idea for the story and for Batman. He wanted to cast Bill Murray, and he wanted Eddie Murphy to be Robin. Oh, I think I remember hearing about this, Ooh. yeah. And the script I'm went in. through a... <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> the script went through a bunch of rewrites, and other directors were were considered... Uh, and then they decided that they wanted to make it, they wanted a more darker take on Batman. They didn't want to go back to Adam West Batman, which is kind of what I think Reitman was thinking about. Um, so they went with Tim Burton and we got what we got. Uh, this movie, <laughs> I don't, I just don't know about, I, I, I love Bill Murray. I just don't know about Bill Murray as a superhero, but this is also not, uh, 65 year old Bill Murray that we have now this would have been he would have been in his what is his early 30s mm, how old is he in stripes you're thinking about Bill Murray in stripes right it's around that era yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah probably mid to late 30s probably I think yeah. actually as, the as stripes catch or stripes like Donnie and Marie really that would have been great as a as a full length movie I think it would have hurt a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> um they actually talked about this on an episode of uh, DC on screen a couple weeks ago. And, uh, <laughs> and Dave made the comment. He, he was, uh, talking about a, a quote. Bill Murray, Bill, Bill Murray is quoted as saying, I think I would have made a fine Batman and that, that would make a great t-shirt. <laughs> let's, let's take the, the picture of Bill Murray from stripes, you know, and just paint the cowl over his face and put, I think I would have made a fine Batman. That's have to be the, the purple and gray. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I gotta say, if you're going to go gonzo like that, Bill Murray at the height of his powers, you, with Ivan Reitman behind it and probably yeah. writing and directing it. I mean, Ivan Reitman is genuinely funny. Like he is a funny guy. So if anybody could have made that work, I think those two could have. Yeah. And Belushi is the penguin. <laughs> yeah. Now Belushi actually I can see is the penguin. I think he was al- he was already dead at yeah, that point. I think wasn't he was. Yeah. Well, I'm just yeah. saying if it was, he had Ackroyd not is, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh uh um Actually Ackroyd is the Riddler. That would be even funnier. Well, I was about I was about to say uh e- what, the guy that played Egon. What was his name? Oh, Harold Ramis. Yeah, Harold Ramis as the Riddler. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, Sean, um, you're, you're talking about this uh, aborted Batman film. Do you have an aborted Green Lantern film on that list? 
I think there was yeah, one Ryan that I, was in it. I saw, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, they were going to do a sequel. I didn't include it in the list. But if you wanted to talk about it, go ahead. Uh, this was uh, somewhere in it, well before the Ryan Reynolds film. Uh, okay. This was somewhere in the early early two thousands. Uh, a script was written, uh, and it was leaked. It's available online. You can find it. Uh, but uh, in a script written by a creator of Triumph, the insult comic dog, Robert Smigel. Oh my gosh! That is some of the TV fun house, TV fun house. <laughs> written not about Hal Jordan getting the Green Lantern ring, but the ring bypassing Hal Jordan and finding a uh, how is it described here? Uh, finding an Atlanta area slacker named Judd Plato. What? Who would have been played by Jack Black? I thank God we dodged that bullet. Holy crap! That sounds awful. A Jack Black I, Green Lantern movie. We I'm a Jack that. Black fan, so. <laughs> oh, I like Jack Black fine. I just think that that is. I like Jack Black, and I think he would actually be good in a Green Lantern movie, but not as Green Lantern. He'd, yeah. be, one of the, I, he'd I, be one of the other lanterns. That, it would be better. Lighten up. It would be better than the Green Hornet film that we got with Seth Rogen. Uh, well, that's not a very high bar. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it was interesting. Like, I'd rather see like a Chip movie made, which was the Green Lantern Squirrel. There was a yeah, when I think about squirrel. Yes, there's all sorts of good. Same with C H apostrophe P. I think. Oh, I, I Jack, think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. oh, there you a, know oh, about my, my wife is like nodding. I'm like, you know about the green squirrel. One of the members of the green squirrel. There yeah. is a planet that is a member of the Green Lantern Corps. An entire planet. That's planets, mo- mo- mogul, there's, right? There's mogul. cells. There's <laughs> trees. Oh, there's all sorts. There's I think the planet is Mogu. Mo- yeah, I, yeah I, Mogu. I was. I was a huge Green Lantern fan. Kyle Rayner was my Green Lantern. Oh I was, yeah, same here. I love. I want to. I want to see a Kyle movie more than anything. I always. Yeah, yes. Kyle was just Artist. boring. Well, you can't you you can't think of, you can't think that a Green Lantern squirrel is that far fetched when one of the best Marvel movies has a talking tree and a machine gun wielding squirrel. <laughs> Actually, he's <laughs> a raccoon. But, raccoon, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> and and speaking of um, uh, Green Lanterns that we want to see, Chris, I'm with you. I would love to see a uh, a Kyle Rayner uh, Green Lantern film or series, but the long rumored. Uh, HBO Max Green Lantern series that they keep saying that they're working on is ostensibly going to be a John Stewart series because they're going to bring over John Diggle from Arrow. Um, okay, I think he'd be okay. I think John Stewart's a really good Green Lantern. He's got mm-hmm. a lot more edge, and I think you could make a much more interesting series around him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just he's just got more depth as a character. I just happen to have a soft spot for Kyle because he's my he's like who's your Bond? It's the first one you saw, and Kyle's mm-hmm. the first one that I got yeah. into as a Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah, I also like Alan Scott. Uh, I like Alan too. Oh yeah, Golden No, is, is he one of the newer ones? No, Alan Scott was Alan like Scott's the, original. the original. Oh, the original, original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the blonde yeah. guy. I think yeah. Hal Jordan was was. Given your criteria, my Green Lantern. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm down for Kyle because he's an artist, and I'm down for uh, uh, John Stewart because he's a black guy. So mm-hmm. they they both have love for me, mm-hmm. and, and we've seen enough Hal Jordan. No offense, I right. actually like Hal Jordan, but 
you, you know, going I'm, back I'm to um, more different stories to be told. <laughs> going back to Batman, you know that in some of the uh, some of the movies that we did get versions that almost happened of those movies, like uh, the first one was originally going to have Michael J. Fox uh, play Robin. And then they decided not to include Robin in that story. They wanted to save him for another story. Uh, Robin Williams was talked about for being the Riddler in uh, in the, in Batman Forever at mm-hmm. one point. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and, they, they had burned their bridge on that two movies previous. Yeah. So that wouldn't get because they they wanted Jack Nicholson. He said no. They went to Robin Williams and said, would you be interested in the Joker? Just to get him to say that he'd be interested so they could go to Nicholson and say, hey, Robin Williams is ready to take this. So if you want it, you better take it now. So he took it. So they yeah. they used Robin Williams as bait. For oh, Nicholson. I didn't know that. Wow. Well, yeah. Okay. And once that happened, uh, Robin Williams, uh, he was very unhappy about this, very upset. So he that injured his relationship with Warner Brothers for quite a while. So when Batman Forever came around, and they went to Robin Williams to say, hey, would you be interested in playing the Riddler? He said, hell with you guys. I remember what happened last <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just trying to stack the deck so you can get Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim Carrey didn't need convincing. Right. <laughs> um, and I think before they settled on Chris O'Donnell for Robin, they were talking to Marlon Wayans. Yep. Oh. And they, they still had to pay him for it. They, they, oh, did they? Oh, yeah. They they had him locked so, in. So, they gave him the part, yeah. And, and when, and when yeah. they decided not to go that route, he had a pay or play contract, so they had to pay him out anyway, even though he didn't make the movie. Same thing with Billy D. Williams; they had to buy him out of his contract because they mm-hmm. recast Harvey Dent for the third movie. Yeah, I never understood. I mean, Billy D. Williams would have made a fine Two Face. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why they recast him as uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Because not that Tommy Lee Jones did bad. It's just not, not for that version that they made. Well, it was fine. The but. Tommy Lee Jones because... was a much better Riddler as Two Face, I think. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason they cast Tommy Lee Jones is because Billy not D. Riddler, Williams. Joker. Derp. Yes, we were with you. We knew what you. Yeah. Uh, it's because Billy D. Williams had not just won an Oscar for The Fugitive. That's why they didn't yeah, get true. Mm. Yeah, that's true. that's true. And the funny thing is, you he, say like Marlon Wayans. I've only I, I think of him mainly as comedic, but he was in, if I'm not mistaken, he was in Requiem for a Dream. Yep. Yeah, he was great in that. He was really good in that. So you mm-hmm. know, you serious. I always think that Robin has to be earnest. So, like, you can't have Eddie Murphy as Robin because Robin is like mini Batman. So he's got to have baggage too. He can't just be like a like a wisecracking sidekick. Yeah, I always is, think they always they always cast Robin as too as too old. They never because Robin he's supposed was a to be kid. a teenager. Yeah. And even when they went with Chris O'Donnell, Chris O'Donnell was in his mid twenties. Yeah. And, and they made him as Robin. You know, he doesn't need somebody to take care of him. He's a grown man. <laughs> And I, I think, Scott, I, I think you're being very generous to the Warner Brothers executives that the reason that they didn't let Billy D. Billy D. Williams actually play Harvey Dent in a major role was because uh, of say it, say it. racism. <laughs> the, well, the, I mean, the that... fat cat white guys in the big office didn't want to put a black man right up there at the, at the top of the, the billing there. 
Yeah, but the but the plan had been for that character to become Two Face when they cast him in the role in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the time, nobody thought the movie would be worth a shit. Yeah, that might have been Tim Burton's plan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they were like, we, you yeah. know, as as you know, he's on screen for thirty seconds. Sure, fine, whatever. Have you guys ever heard the story of uh, when Adam West wanted to play Batman in the '89 Batman film? No, um, I've not heard this. So he goes to he goes and and tells them that he wants to play Batman when in the upcoming film. And he said we're kind of going a different direction. We're not doing the TV show. This is a a darker movie. I can do that, you know. But they went with Michael Keaton. And then when they started to make Batman Returns, he comes back and he says, "I want to be in this movie." Well, we already have a Batman. We're using the same Batman. He's like, "No, I want to play Batman's father." But Batman's father is dead. Well, he needs he needs to find out that his father is actually alive, and he's also Batman, and he helps him solve these mysteries. Oh <laughs> my like, gosh! Wow! So there would be two fun. Batman. That's some Elseworlds. Well, I, I remember I remember uh, Adam West back in you know like eighty seven, eighty eighty eight, whenever when they were making. Remember it, it, it the story coming out that he said he was getting in shape. He was getting yeah. into it so that he could try to play Batman. And we were all just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I will be the, you know, and I've said this many times. And I still, in a way, believe it. As much as I love Batman 89, and it was a great film, uh, I don't think Adam West would have been any more wrong for the part than Michael Keaton. Um, when they announced Michael Keaton, we, I'm, you know, it was a huge WTF. Uh, and I still think Keaton, I never bought him as Batman. I bought him as Bruce Wayne. He was great as Bruce Wayne. I never bought him as Batman. I still don't. I mean, he did the best job Michael Keaton could do, but just he didn't never look like Batman to me. He looked like a short, pudgy comedian in a rubber suit. You want to get nuts? Let's yeah. get nuts. But he was great <laughs> as Bruce Wayne. Um, yeah. You know, and that's why I've said that George Clooney could have been the best Batman ever because he worked, He looks great as Bruce Wayne and he looks great as Batman, but he got the worst goddamn movie out of the entire series. Yeah, and he still, he blames himself, and that was not yeah. his fault. And it wasn't Schumacher's fault either. It, either it was the studio's fault. Um, I, I saw some stuff a while back that uh, makes me think that... Um, the rumor has been for so long that Schumacher was wanting to make this into like a cartoon or whatever. I think that the studio was making him do that. You know, because they wanted to sell toys. They were trying to sell toys. Yeah, they wanted to sell toys. So they they kept introducing more and more uh, off-the-wall costumes for Mr. Freeze to wear, and they wanted more vehicles and all this kind of stuff. So You had um, had, uh, um, George Clooney, Uma Thurman, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who you know, joke all you want. The man can act when he when he has to, when he wants oh, yeah. to. Um, and and you know that was at the you know that was peak Schwarzenegger too. Uh, you had um, Tommy Lee Jones, and and then you know and uh, uh, the dude that played Robin was fine. He wasn't he wasn't terrible. He was just Chris O'Donnell. Chris yeah. O'Donnell he was just giving shit to work with. Mm-hmm. You know the cast was awesome. That should have been a great movie. 
Now, and, Tommy Lee Jones was in, he was in Batman Forever. Oh, You're was talking it? about okay. Batman and Robin uh, then, yeah. It, it, all, it all kind of blurred. Alicia together. Silverstone was in it, too. Oh, that's yeah. right, Alicia Silverstone. And, and I love her. And, you know, she had, you know, what, what was her movie? Clueless. Clueless mm-hmm. was not a movie I should have liked. And I loved it. <laughs> I love Clueless. I, I love Alicia Clueless Silverstone. So much. Great. When I heard she was playing Batgirl, I was like, this is the best news I've heard since Yvonne, Gray, uh, Yvonne Craig hung up the the, bat, the Batgirl suit. Um, and then it was just the most nightmarish, awful movie ever made, almost. I can, I, we watched one worse a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, I thought it was done. Apparently, it's we're not done. Well, to be fair... <laughs> I'm not sure which film he's talking about. Cause I to be of, fair. Oh, I, I, I can think of three. <laughs> three films that he was complaining about. That he wanted. I'm sure he's talking about Babes with Blades, probably. Oh, oh that. <laughs> yes. That, no, Babes with Blades is exactly what I'm talking okay. about. Yeah. Um, what about that an R-rated... Me, that hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> what about an R-rated Spider-Man film directed by James Cameron? I heard about this yes. one. Okay. Well, depends. Did, did he, he wrote a draft for a film that would have been R-rated. It would have had Peter Parker portrayed as kind of pervy by uh, well, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. Um, he would have had a sexual bondage scene between a masked Spider-Man and Mary Jane on top of a bridge using webs and bizarre spider-mating rituals. Yeah. Okay, that- <laughs> and it would have had the Green Goblin, Doc Ock, and the Sandman, but the main villain would have been Electro. And there would have been a giant spider at some point. Of course. <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> uh, he, didn't, they, he didn't get as far as writing an actual script, but he did write like a 20-page treatment uh, that they were shopping around. <laughs> what he did was he just dug out his masturbatory fanfic. And said, Can I yeah. He, he wanted... So, Leonardo DiCaprio was going to play... Uh, um, Peter, and the reason I say that he was going to be kind of pervy is because there was going to be a scene where he's actually like climbing down the building so that he can look in Mary Jane's window yeah. and watch her change clothes and stuff like that. So, and this would have been about when does the first Spider Man come out? Like 2001, I think, or 2002? It was, it was, I think, 2000 and oh, shoot, it must have been 2002. Because, I think it was, yeah. Because the initial uh, marketing materials included a teaser trailer that had Spider-Man catching a helicopter full of criminals mm-hmm. by spinning a web between the two towers. Yes, and yeah, that that's right. Controversial because right. that came out around the time the. <coughs> yeah, they, yeah, they had they had to pull all that marketing material after the September 11 attacks. So it's yeah. you can still yeah, find so- it if you go looking for it, but they tried hard to scrub all that because it was. No longer tasteful. So this movie was going to be made like in 95, 96, something like that. So, And there's uh, one aspect of James Cameron's uh, treatment that did eventually survive and show up in uh, not only a future film adaptation, but the comics as well. Does anyone know what it is? Mm-mm. No. The concept of organic web shooters... Spider-Man oh, generating the guys oh, from yeah. his oh, own body okay. started in James Cameron's treatment, and that stayed. It stuck around, and Raimi put that in his movies, and then the comics introduced a story element 
that changed Spider-Man into having organic web shooters so it would line up with the Raimi films. It's been undone. I still think if Spider-Man's going to develop organic web shooters, they need to come out of his ass. Yes, we know. (laughs) Even before you... Uh, the really bench started that sentence. I knew what you were going to say. That would have been a weird movie. It, it took me about three words to know where Rick was going with that. Yeah, yeah. he's going to fart out the. the you know, shooting webs and swinging from his asshole again, across the city. Again, Venture Brothers did a whole episode with a superhero that did exactly that. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> swinging from um, his asshole. Your sex tape. I just, I this just one. want to point out, ladies and gentlemen, I am not the one that said swinging from his asshole. All right. <laughs> oh, you know, when, one, you, when you title this episode, Sean, now you have the title. That's the title, yeah. Uh, this is one that I know Rick would have loved. Uh, it, it's a movie that would have been called Double V Vega and it's directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Double so v it's Vega. A, double V Vega, and so okay. The after the the breakout success of Pulp Fiction, and then if you've ever seen uh, the Reservoir movie Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, yeah, you know that John Travolta played Vincent Vega, and there was a character in Reservoir Dogs played by Michael Madsen who was Vic Vega. Mm-hmm. So he was going to make a movie that was going to be like a prequel to the, both those movies, showing the relationship between. Vic and Vincent they Vega. Were brothers. They were yeah. brothers or cousins or they something. They were brothers, like that, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, and it would have taken place in Amsterdam because, you know, Vincent's talking Royal at the beginning of fiction about being in, in Europe and Amsterdam and all that. So, uh, and, and, uh, he was going to be running, running some club for Marcellus Wallace in Amsterdam and he was there for a couple of years. At some point during his two years spent running that club, Vic would show up to visit him. It would be their weekend, and then they would have like an adventure together or something. So, but it, what I remember happening is it never happened because uh, John Travolta really took off after Pulp Fiction, and then I remember hearing a quote saying, "You know, Quentin Tarantino can't afford me anymore," or something like that. Oh, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. Yeah, and look because- how he's fallen since then. <laughs> Well, you know, before Pulp Fiction, the last thing that he had done was, like, Look Who's Talking 3. <laughs> so, I, I, would, so yeah. I would choose to assume that Double B Vega never materialized because uh, Tarantino couldn't get enough commitments for women to go around barefoot throughout the whole film. Mm. <laughs> well, now, speaking of sequels that, that were made, uh, just touching on John Travolta. And um, <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone. Does anyone know where I'm going with this? Uh, Staying alive. Oh yeah. To Saturday Night Fever, written by Sylvester Stallone and starring John Travolta. Sylvester Stallone wrote "Staying Alive." I, 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 I think yeah. he, he wrote it or he directed it. He was involved somehow. Yeah, and then oh, his wow. brother yeah, actually yeah. sang a song for it. Yeah. Frank Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Brian Singer was set to develop a big screen take on uh, Battlestar Galactica. Um, this it would have been based on the original TV show. Is this rather one than of the, the reboot? Many ones that uh, that Richard Hatch was trying to make happen. Uh, his name is not in any of the stuff that I'm 
reading here, I don't think. Was this have been about the same time that the Lost in Space movie came out? It, this would have been uh, around 2001 that okay. they would have uh, that they were talking about this. Um, so Universal was behind the film. Uh, he he had planned a, a the the movie reboot of Excalibur, uh, but it went away and. Um, Thank Singer God. was developing Battlestar Galactica as as a film as late as 2011, uh, but it uh, it would have been scheduled as his next film after Jack the Giant Slayer. But Matthew Vaughn elected uh, not to return to X Men the X Men First Class sequel, so Singer took over uh, Days of Future Past, and then he made Apocalypse after that, and then just somewhere. Battle Circle Galactica just kind of went away, and then so. the sexual alleg- uh, abuse allegations started coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, and if they ever did do it, it would it would not be him. I, which I don't really see the point in doing a remake of Battlestar Galactica when you've already got yeah. a remake of Battlestar. That's Galactica. what I was going to say. That process started before the <laughs> series reboot, and and after the series, like you know, what are you going to do that's going to be as good in movie form? Well, Richard yeah. Richard Hatch was pushing all over the place to try to get a, a, a movie or a, or a new series made, um, and even after the you know the BSG remake or reboot came out, he was still trying to get and, and he was on it. I mean, if, if you yeah, saw yeah. it, he had a really part. He had a really, like a really nice part. part. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he was still trying to get a a movie done that would follow the trajectory and and the the canon of his Battlestar Galactica. Um, mm-hmm. But then once he passed away, I haven't heard too much about it since. So I think maybe, you know, he was kind of pushing people. And then when he passed away, which was very sad, he was far too young. Um, it just sort of, people went, mm, never mind. We got other things to do. You know, cause I, I was one of the guys, you know, I was one of the kind of the, you're doing Battlestar Galactica. All right. And then it turned out to be fantastic. I, you know, Most I cause like, it was a complete opposite of the original. No, I wouldn't say it was that. It just, it just, it was, it was everything that the original couldn't be in 1979. Yeah. And it was, it was every dark impulse that Ron Moore had been saving and just <laughs> gnashing. <laughs> that, that he couldn't put into DS9. Exactly. <laughs> It was just like, oh, we need to write some serious, dark stuff. It's funny. I was just thinking about that show uh, two days ago when Apollo just shoots that guy right in the freaking head. That was so cool. But, yeah, that was that was an amazing reboot. If you're going to redo something, you know, I really enjoyed that. I even liked the finale. You know, I know a lot of people were pissed off about it, but I was like, you know. I actually haven't. Okay. I love the finale. Oh, oh, okay. You know, it. Okay, this is a spoiler for a movie for you know a show that that's ten years old or whatever. So if you haven't seen the end of Battle the, the BSG reboot and you want to, put your fingers in your ears and go la 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 la. la, la yeah. um, I I didn't like it because and I you liked should see the, it. Well, yeah, I I didn't like it because Sorry. I liked the religious aspect of it. I but I appreciated the balls it took to do that in today's science fiction atmosphere. You know, a lot of people were pissed. It was God and angels and what, the, what are you talking about? And, and I was like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm co- I was cool with it because, you know, I think the whole thing's fiction anyway. So, um, well, the, the thing that they did right with that, in my opinion, is that they, they formed that storyline around the concept of 
God and angels and you know a, a higher power, a supreme being of some type. But the show was in no way trying to say you should believe in this exactly. in your yeah. everyday. It was just a story element, but it was not preaching. In the same way that I, I've talked about it on this show before. <clears throat> Excuse me. I absolutely love the one season that we got on NBC of the TV series Kings, which is a retelling of the story of King David uh, uh, and uh, uh, you know, of David and Goliath. It's the, it's, it's the biblical story of King David. Gee, Davy. <laughs> but they, oh, not they, that do, one, so. they, they do the whole thing in in a way that is more drama and less uh proselytizing and i i love how they did it um and that's how you should do a religious story is you don't make it about the belief you just make it about the narrative yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the the overt implied existence of god and angels i don't think i'd be hosting the quantum leap podcast if i had a problem with that in my genre fiction <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly yeah and you, uh uh you went what was the one that nicholas cage that the, the left behind movie that nicholas cage made uh it's yeah left, it's called, it's called, that was bad. no it's called left behind left behind oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he did play an angel in City of Angels. Nicholas Cage made Left Behind. Nicholas Cage made a Left Behind film that is a more recent adaptation of the book series, which was originally adapted to film by Kirk Cameron. Yeah, those are the ones I know about. And Kirk Cameron's Left Behind, I didn't know until recently that it got two sequels. They adapted the second book, Tribulation Force. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it it, yes. And then the third movie... Left Behind World at War, which I didn't know existed, co-starring Lou Gossett Jr. Um, and now it should surprise no one to discover that I now have all three of those movies. Oh not only that, gosh. not only that, but the posters don't match each other. So I had to make new original posters for all three of those movies. I, mean, so I, feel, like, I feel like had to is a strong. <laughs> They're not good movies. I no. mean, I, <laughs> oh, I don't imagine they are. They're going to get their own special miniseries. I'd, I'd watch that for a dollar. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. You're going to get. I, I think, I think I'm going to be washing my hair those weeks. <laughs> you have to approach Kirk Cameron's people and see if he'll come on. Yeah, exactly. And how, you know, how God created bananas. No, he wasn't. He wasn't Bible man. The Bible man that was, was uh, um, Willie Ames. Willie Ames. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah dude, dude from uh, Charles in Charge. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's even worse. <laughs> One of my favorite characters on that show, actually. Before, I don't know if this is on your list, Sean, but we're, we're at an, an hour and 20 minutes. So I. I I would imagine we're going to start wrapping this up soon, but I, we really have to talk about Hodorowski's Dune before we. I was waiting for you to check this out because <laughs> this was one of the biggest. Almost happens. Mm. Thank God it didn't. <laughs> in 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 movie history, um, Hodorowski is a, a believe it or not a Spaniard, but, uh, and I, I don't have the dates offhand. Um, wanted to do. It was like the first person to want to do Dune as a movie. Mm. And this was back in the early 70s. And he put together an amazing group of people. Uh, you know, uh, Dan O'Bannon, Ron Suchet, H.R. Uh, Giger. Uh, and and that, that's, just the, that's just kind of the, the skimming the top of it. And But he wanted to do it 
it, it, you know, it, Nicolas Cage and and Tim Burton have nothing on the crazy of Hodorowski. And there's a, there's a there's a, a documentary out there called Hodorowski's Dune, and it's J O D E R O W S K I, I believe, um, which is just this amazing documentation of a man's descent into insanity and a studio being pushed to the breaking limit because he had Giger, you know, and if you're familiar with Giger's work, you know, prior to alien alien is kind of the tamest stuff he did. (laughs) Mm. Um, And Hodorowski was like, you know, gave Giger carte blanche to, to design Giddy prime heart the, the, the the home world of Harkonnens. And it is just some insane stuff. And Kodorowski went, all right, this book is good, but I don't really care about it. I want to do my own version of it. And it would have been an absolute nightmare. Uh, and I, I can't remember a whole lot of specifics, but it just, it would have been. Or, you know, it could have been Kubrick Shining. You don't know. Watch the documentary and then yeah, <laughs> wasn't that? Is that now? I feel like that was Alamo Drafthouse behind that documentary. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, I, the only reason I say that is because I used to read a movie site called Badass Digest that became Birth Movies Death, and um, they were pushing that like crazy. They had article after article about it, and um, it turns out that. The guy who um, runs Alamo Drafthouse also had a big stake in that film and also was a big player in that in that website. Okay. So that's how um, I know about it. Um, I've, I've heard a lot about it. I've always meant to watch the documentary, but not being a real Dune fan, I saw very little to, to make me go out of my way to watch it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it does help to, to know how wrong what, what they wanted to do was. Um, but there is a good, a really good thing that came out of it was the team. Because what happened was they got right up into pre-production. They had, they were, they there was, uh, they were casting. Uh, they had, you know, contracts drawn up and stuff. And then at, it just uh, kind of like with Superman Lives, the the studios went, "This is a really bad idea," and yanked them, yanked the funding, and it all just it just shut down. Hmm. Um, but. The team that was the production team that was put together. It was Dan O'Bannon, Ron, Ron Suchet, uh, Mobius was doing the the, uh, the the costumes, and Giger was doing a lot of the set design. That team went on to create Alien, and so this horrible, misbegotten travesty of Dune gave us what is, in my opinion, and I am I will happily die on this hill gave us one of, if not the best piece of science fiction film in the 20th century, which is Alien. I mean, it's no Jason X, but you got a point. (laughs) (laughs) Tomato, tomato. Isn't it, though? (laughs) (laughs) You're making fun of Jason X, but... (laughs) I'm not. Absolutely adore Jason X. (laughs) I did say it facetiously, but really, I could <laughs> probably make a few points to say that they're very similar films. I think it's in the other direction, though, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I got a couple more I wanted to bring up. Uh, I have a couple of TV shows that we got to mention, too, but um, this one this one is the most off-the-wall one that I could find. They were going to make a Gladiator 2, and... 
So you know Russell Crowe's character Maximus died in yeah. at the end of Gladiator at the end of Gladiator. Still gladiating. Gladiator two. <laughs> Gladiator two would have <laughs> would have had Maximus reincarnated oh, as Lord. like a Highlander type of immortal. <laughs> really? And yes, and he would have witnessed major conflicts throughout history, including World War II and Vietnam, and eventually settled down for a desk job at the Pentagon. Mm. Wow. So Is yeah. that the start of the movie or the end of the movie? That would have been that would have been the end of the movie. They would have shown him at the Pentagon at the end of the movie. So. That's horrible. I know. <laughs> and another one would have been uh, Schwarzenegger would have returned for Total Recall 2 but it was actually going to be an adaptation of Minority Report. Uh, they were just going to call it Total Recall 2 and they were going to make it about the same guy but it was actually going to be another completely different Philip K. Dick story. Mm. Um, they just like your dick at that studio. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Thankfully, it didn't happen. Um, they just made Minority Report instead. And I think eventually uh, they decided they made The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger instead. And then they made, you know, Spielberg made uh, Minority Report. Um, and they were going to make a True Lies too, but it kind of got... The reason it didn't get made was because September 11th happened. And yeah. they didn't want to make a, camp, a uh, fun adventure with terrorists, you know, so... Yeah, you notice after 9-11, a lot of the movies went away from, like, that campy action thing that was in the 90s and became a lot more gritty. Yeah, yeah. Some TV shows that never got made. Uh, Heat Vision and Jack was a sitcom that was uh, co-created by Dan Harmon, who made uh, Community. And it was supposed to be a parody of 80s action shows like Knight Rider, and it was going to... They actually did make the pilot. I think you can see the pilot on YouTube. It had Jack Black... As a former astronaut who gained super intelligence from the sun's rays. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, Owen Wilson was going to be the voice of his talking motorcycle. Wow. <laughs> and Ben Ben Stiller directed the pilot. Mm -hmm. and But, you know, Fox rejected it. I and instead, I'm down for this as well. Instead of picking that up, they did a half hour repackaging of Allie McBeal and just called it Allie. And I <laughs> Wow, and and then that's uh, and then they they also picked up Malcolm in the Middle and put it in on the schedule instead. So he, he Vision and Jack did not happen. Yeah. Hey, listen, without that's Malcolm that, uh, in the Middle, we might not have had Breaking Bad. So I'm glad yeah. it did. Or Wonder Vision. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan Harmon Star went on to make uh, Rick and Morty, where he got to do that as one episode of his Infinite Reality series. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that explains why Jack Black shows up in Laser Fart. Before Dan Harmon made it big, laser what? Laser fart. I'm sorry. We talked. <laughs> we talked about this on uh, one of our Patreon shows. Allison brought it to my attention. Before um, Dan Harmon made Community, um, he made there was this channel Z or some kind of channel that it was like a, a streaming channel, and creators would put like 10 minute shows on there. Channel Zero? Is that Channel, channel Zero? Uh, maybe. Um, I'd have to listen back to the episode. Sounds but great. anyway, Dan Harmon's. And the thing is, fans would vote what get what got picked up, what continued. Like 
the success was all merit based on on fandom, and he made this superhero called Laser Fart, and one of Laser Fart's <laughs> chief nemesises was a character played by Jack Black, and I'm wondering how the hell did he get Jack Black for this? But apparently they were in cahoots, doing you know this this treatment for this this other show. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. George Lucas announced in 2005 that he was working on a new show set in a time between Episode Three. And an episode four, and it was going to be called Star Wars Underworld. And, uh, he said, he said, there's action, but it's a lot more talky. It's more of a soap opera with a bunch of personal dramas in it and stuff. So, and, uh, Ronald D. Moore was involved in it and, uh, it ended up getting scrapped due to budget concerns. And then George Lucas made a billion kajillion dollars selling (laughs) to Disney. So, yeah. So uh, I do remember him saying he was going to make a TV show, and then the TV show never happened until we got the Mandalorian. <laughs> well, there, you know that was that was like the fourth or fifth rumored TV show, mm-hmm. Star Wars TV show that was supposed to happen. That was uh, live action, I should say. I feel like yeah, budget yeah, concerns yeah. was a lie they told George Lucas so they couldn't make this, so they wouldn't make this because <laughs> if you're already making like a super. Uh, SF sci-fi special effects laden series having people just talk about things is is a cut is a lesser budget if it, like yeah. there yeah that was I feel like they already made that show and it was called Red Dwarf <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they already made that show and it was called episode 2 George Lucas if he says it's going to be uh, more talky but still have some action but it's going to be kind of like a soap opera we have an image of what that is but keep in mind if it's George Lucas he probably wants all that talking to happen in front of an expansive CGI background that they just walk through very slowly basically most of episode one is what you're talking about exactly for a film you can afford those backgrounds on a tv budget you can't afford to make everything digitally which is probably what he wanted to do yeah 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 um which also if it was star wars then i'm 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 betting it was supposed to be something that made for fox and you know how fox is with science fiction (laughs) they uh they don't like it yeah, <laughs> they, they, they never mind. <laughs> they no likey. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, Ripper was a show that was going to be a spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it was going to be about Giles when he was younger and he was still in England. Oh, I think I, 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 think I knew the about hell out of that. And uh, oh, could have gone either way. Plan, plans for this spinoff are vague, and uh, everyone was very busy, and it just never happened. It was about the same time that uh that they made um Angel. Angel they yeah. were also they were also planning a Faith spin-off, a Buffy animated series and a movie starring Spike. Uh so hmm. instead everything hmm. most of those things books. never happened. So um and then what else did I have? Oh, Rose Tyler Earth Defense was a TV show that was going to star Billy Piper. Hmm. Um, oh. and she was going to, it was going to be in that alternate reality that she ended up yep. in and she was going to be, um, working in that ver that alternate versions, uh, Torchwood. Okay. And she was going to be, uh, she was ready to go ahead with the show, but Russell T Davies, uh, canceled the series 
at the last minute saying that it was a spinoff too far and it said it would spoil Doctor Who if we see uh, if we can see Rose because it had as a, girls in it. Well, <laughs> said that that he would rather her uh, what happened to her after that be more mysterious than an actual concrete series showing it. You know, so. I would have loved to have seen a Rose uh, Sarah Jane series. I would have loved to have seen a Donna Noble Martha Jones series. But that would yeah, 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 I would totally yeah. go for Donna and Martha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know they love to make TV series based off of films. They were going to make a TV adaptation of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which was the movie that Brad I did Pitt hear about and Angelina that, Jolie yeah. made. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott was was in that, wasn't he? I think was Scott Bakula supposed to be in that? I don't. Mrs. Smith with Scott Bakula, I believe. Was he in that? I, 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 don't, I don't remember. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I saw it. It wouldn't surprise I me. I feel but, like it's something um, Allison told me. Uh, and also they were going to make a, a TV show of Zombieland, and they actually did make a pilot. And I rather enjoyed the pilot. I think it was on Amazon. And they, they never picked it up as a series. Uh, the one that I've got listed last is actually... <laughs> It's it's more of a joke. I mean, it actually did happen. They 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 aired a pilot for a show called Heil Honey. That was Home. what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically and, Hitler in the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, it oh was a God. British. Yes, it was a British sitcom that featured a fictional version of Adolf Hitler and his wife Ava Braun, and they were living in like a 1950s sitcom. They did a pilot and everything. It, oh. They. They lived next door to, they had Jewish neighbors next door, and they hated them and wanted to get rid of them. Oh, my God. When was yeah. this? Yeah. 1990. Yeah. Holy shit. 1990. It aired one episode. They actually made eight episodes. Only one of them aired, and it never got They made eight? I just remember the pilot. Be- oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> It said the the actor portraying Hitler sounded like he was from Brooklyn instead of Austria. Yes. <laughs> it had really bad acting. The jokes were offensive. Obviously. And it had an animated intro that was very bad. So, yeah. <laughs> it was so well, bad. Have, have, have any of y'all seen the horrific pilot of the American version of Red Dwarf they made? No. Oh, Harry yeah. They Farrell actually made two. the cat. Yeah, they actually made two pilots. Yeah. And, uh... She was the cat in one of them. She yeah. wasn't in the other one, but yeah, they were both. Oh, it, yeah, it was it awful. was bad. <laughs> there, there are two Some, movies that I reg- and th- these don't need a whole lot of discussion because they they never really got past the the we want to do this phase. Well, uh, well, one is there have been numerous times that there has been talk about a reboot, sequel, whatever for the last Starfighter. That's there's. Supposedly one in the works right now, but it's still in development hell and has yet to become anything more than just talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, in my opinion, one of the... I can't believe this movie hasn't been remade yet because, you know, the original Last Starfighter was fine, but the effects were horrendous. Well, they were cutting edge for the time. Well, no, they weren't. And that's the whole thing is they were... the. Everybody told the director, we're not ready to do what you want. And he's like, do it anyway. And it took yeah. it pushed the movie way over budget. It took way too long to make because they were trying to do what they what the the, the state of the art couldn't handle yet. Um, I, you know, at the very least, I would, just the, the um, that one scene with oh shoot, it was a death blossom. That death blossom like, that was that was all right. Took like five months or something. To yeah, animate. it it just it just it was. 
I, I appreciated what they were doing, but they were doing it at the wrong time. I w- you know, at the very least, I would love to see them remaster the film with new new visual effects. But anyway, yeah. um, there is talk of a. Uh, it, it, it's what they're talking about right now is a sequel. So like, uh, um, Alex Rogan will be like the head of the new Starfighter fleet, and and there's going to be like new new young recruits or whatever. We'll see if that happens. They've been this far before, and it's never gone anywhere. Um, but there's one that I'm very disappointed got canceled because I got really excited when I heard about it. Is Guillermo del Toro desperately wants to do the H.P. Lovecraft story at the Mountains of Madness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and he was in pre-production. He had studios behind him, but they he wanted what he wanted to do was going to be an R-rated film, and they were like, "No, no, no, we want this to be PG-13." And he's like, "No, I can't do that." No, he can't. And they it ended up coming to a stalemate, and and he's like, "All right, well then, fine." Yeah. I got this far without saying it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all that I've got. I think I, I said everything that was on my list. Did anybody have anything they wanted to add? No, uh, you did. Yeah, the one I had, you said. so. <laughs> <laughs> I had two more. Okay. Uh, first, there was uh, in, I think it was around 2013, give or take, where... Um, a pilot was made and CBS chose not to pick it up for a television adaptation or a TV continuation, really, of Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, I remember. I remember hearing about that. And they were going to have Eddie Murphy on the pilot and play an Axel Foley. And then and then the uh, the show was supposed to be about his son. I, yeah, I think it was his son. I, I can't, yeah. can't remember for sure. That was around the time that they were... That MacGyver launched and Lethal Weapon, and they were bringing back a lot of '80s films and '80s TV shows and turn them into, into new stuff. So, you know, like uh, 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 um, Tom Selleck, Magnum. Uh, I was Magnum. Magnum. Yeah, Tom Magnum. Magnum. Yeah, they got Magnum, Magnum out. Yeah, and all and Hawaii Five O yep. got remade and all that. Yeah. So, um, so I've I've never been able to find that pilot leaked anywhere online, um, but. I try to keep an eye out for it, and if I ever spot it, then I'm going to grab it, and I'll see what that was all about. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that they uh, tried it and that it didn't work. One would think that Eddie Murphy would have enough uh, uh, clout to push something like that through, but so I guess that pilot must have been really bad. Um, the only other uh, series that... Eddie, Eddie Murphy used up a lot of his goodwill when he made stuff like Norbit. <laughs> yeah, true enough. True. And a couple other things. <laughs> Meet Dave. Yeah, that one hurt a little bit. What was that one with, yeah. the, with, with the big giant Eddie Murphy head that was being dragged around to city to city? That's Meet, Meet Dave, Dave, yeah. Meet Dave. And the, the, adventure, the adventures of Pluto Nash. <laughs> yikes. That, 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 that one's a big yikes. Um, the, the other series that, uh, almost was, and I wish that it had actually happened, um, was, it, it was a pilot episode, uh, based off of a comic book series written by Warren Ellis. Um, the series ran for 12 issues and it was called Global Frequency. Um, the basis. Oh, wow. Okay. You, you're familiar with the comic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for anyone who's not, the basis is Global Frequency is a worldwide, um, uh, essentially a worldwide rescue organization made up of 1,001 members. Each member 
is uh, a part of the organization in secret. They all have their own lives, their own jobs, but they each have specialties. They're very good at a particular thing. And when the organization requires their skills, they are called on a special global frequency phone that they are provided. They do what they're good at and say, hey, I need you to hack into this satellite and get this image. Well, that person is an expert at that, so they'll do it. They have other people who are great at uh, uh, audio analysis, facial recognition, uh, boots on the ground investigations, combat, you name it. Everyone, uh, all the skills are covered, and they're all over the planet. Um, and the the series, the comic series, followed different people every issue. Each issue was a standalone story. The only characters that that carry through are the head of the organization, Miranda Zero, and uh, her assistant, who runs all of the communications and networking from their from their headquarters. Now, in the pilot episode of the series, they also had a, uh, a former police investigator and a uh, scientist. So, brainy gal and street smart guy. A little odd couple pairing. They would have been the leads of the show. They would have been taking their orders from Miranda Zero, played by uh, Star Trek The Next Generation's Michelle Forbes, Mm-hmm. And they would have had the uh, assistant girl uh, who was played in the pilot by Amy Garcia. And they would have tackled, it would have been a procedural, you know, case, case of the week. But they would bring in other people to to handle a, uh, a particular aspect of it from the, the organization with every episode. Unfortunately, it didn't get picked up for whatever reason. They didn't like it. I thought it was a strong pilot. But it broke records at the time as the most pirated uh, unaired pilot ever. I'm not surprised. When, when it came out, this was around, I think, 2009, 2010. Okay. And it was so heavily pirated that I believe it was Paramount that was running the show said, okay, uh, we're never going to release this officially ever. No, <laughs> no TV Aww. movie. Wow. Uh, you know, no, no special airing. Nothing. You that guys, seems like the counterintuitive reaction, right? <laughs> yeah, one would think, but um, that—that's—that's that's how they went with it. So you can't get an official copy; it's only available as a pirated uh, pilot that never got picked up. But I thought it had a lot of problems. They could have done a whole lot with that. Um, and con- considering I enjoyed the comic book so much that the the logo for the global frequency used in the comic book and on the show mm-hmm. is tattooed on my arm. Oh wow. So oh, yeah. I am a part of the global frequency. <laughs> Scott, you know it's a comic book, right? But it's a cool comic book. <laughs> and I wanted Who said that. I wanted Who something on this podcast is giving Scott shit for having a tattoo of a fictional reality. <laughs> it was Shame. me. It was Chris. I can't say anything. Shame. I have a tattoo of a comic character on me as well. So I have a yeah, I have a comic tattoo on my arm too. So and it, well, it it's a well, it's a, a small bunch of nerds. All I've got is I've got the Starfleet <laughs> thing on my arm. Yeah, and I'm okay. going to get I'm going to get that on my other arm. I plan to get a Starfleet Delta on my on my right wrist. But I this have is the logo for the United Earth Space Probe Agency on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's where you know when I'm when I'm swinging, you know, we're shooting Spider Man. Right. <laughs> I was going to say you should get, get a Spider Man tattoo on your ass. <laughs> I was able to get some recognition from the creator of the Global Frequency comic book. 
um, who was also, I think, an executive producer on the pilot, um, because I did take a picture of this uh, tattoo, and I posted it on Twitter, and I tagged him, and he said it was pretty cool. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That's enough praise, right? Yeah. If they say it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Really, I, I stole it from the comic, because there's one character who actually had that symbol tattooed on his chest. Because he was part of the global frequency. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I mean, I get giddy if I just get Doug Jones to like one of my tweets. No. <laughs> hey, there you go. Or Jeffrey Coombs, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one was a little more political. <laughs> so I want to ask you guys about something. I don't know if it's been made. I don't know if it's in limbo. But are there any Wheel of Time fans out there there's been talk about a wheel of time series for a while now well i mean they have confirmed cast i mean rosamund pike was supposed to play maureen hmm. um the casting that they have that is completely confirmed according to this website i mean all these characters look like perfect for what you picture in the books has anyone read those books there's I only like what, I started to read them, yeah. and then the fact that they never—I mean, the guy—they never went anywhere. No, I had passed the away, thing. and then yeah, I, and, I yeah. it was like a love-hate thing with me. I started them, and I absolutely adored them, and I was like 19. And mm-hmm. fast forward, I'm like hitting 50, and it's still not over. Right? And I was just saying, you know what? <laughs> Screw you guys! I'm going to finish this series if it freaking kills me because I have so much time invested in it, even though the books. Like the quality tanked, and then Jordan died, and they have. I have a, a whole the flip side is dedicated to this. You can find that at my website. But I always found the idea of a TV series really intriguing, especially with the way that they did uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I wish I could see because it's saying something like season one wrapped, season two greenlit. But where where is this playing? You know? I've heard I've heard rumbles about it for a while now, but I haven't heard anything solid. Um, so. I think it's supposed to be on Amazon. Yeah, I heard Amazon, but then I then I never heard anything about it actually being released. So no, well, I would watch I would watch the hell out of a Wheel of Time series. I mean, I love the the underlying world that Jordan built. I thought it was amazing. Oh, it has because, to be a TV series because there's yeah. so much of it. Well, you think that, but then you get into like the middle five volumes where really not a lot happens. I think one takes place over the course of an afternoon. It, uh, it really, I didn't yeah. get that far. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean. It, it it really did get to the point where you you were hate reading after a while. Yeah, <laughs> but um, like I, I said, I know I had, that. Uh, you know, one of our one finish. of our diehard fans, Matt Zipka, is a huge Wheel of Time fan. Yeah, he's um, been excited for this series for a while. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, I you know I it, it's a genre that's not something that interests me, and the, the sheer volume of material that yeah. would need to be read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not recommend to anybody. Um, get into Wheel of Time um, because you're in for a disappointment. I'm just saying that for those of us who have read it and are part of the fan community of it, I think a TV series would be um, intriguing at the least and hopefully as good as Game of Thrones except for the last season. And um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that it would have huge crossover appeal to the audience for Game of Thrones because it's you know fancy, big fat fantasy. Some of those book series that I've loved since childhood, I almost don't want to see them ad- adapted because I don't think anything that they do is going to be 
good. <laughs> you know, I used well, to because yeah, yeah, I don't know. it's like you know the, the, the Dark Tower series. I love the Dark Tower series, but all the things that I've seen them do to Stephen King properties over the years, I don't know if I want to see them do it to that. And they've already made a Dark Tower movie that yeah, it was, was awful. not good. Yeah. Well, it's like Arthur C. Clarke is my favorite science fiction author, and uh, a couple of years ago they did Childhood's End as a TV series which is a wonderful book. And I got about 15 minutes into the first episode and went, they are totally raping this. And I left. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll agree to disagree about the wonderful book part, but anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, Apple TV is getting ready to release a foundation series based on our, uh, Isaac Asimov's foundation mm-hmm. ser- uh, trilogy. Yeah. Well, more, more than the trilogy. Um, and I'm, I'm very cautiously optimistic about it because, you know, if you've read any of Asimov, it, it, it's, it's, you know, high concept, but the characters are, are, you know, two dimensional is being generous. Yeah. So they're yeah, going to have to add a lot. Just, mm, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. It was just, it was like the height of silver age sci-fi. Yeah. And, and I, I read it when I was in high school. So that was, yeah. that helped. <laughs> mm. I'm still waiting for this Lord of the Rings TV series. It's supposed to be coming to Amazon, and they just announced the Lord of the Rings animated series that they're going to be making that's based on some of the stuff from the... Uh, the appendices? Yeah, the appendices. So, Well, let's think. The, the Lord of the Rings series is not the Lord of the Rings. It's the Silmarillion, but if they say that, no one's going to tune in. <laughs> well, there yeah, were also appendices the at the end of book the Return ever. of the King. I love the Silmarillion. I love that book. That was so oh, yeah, God, you know I what? thought it was a very hard read. I used to I used to back before audiobooks were a thing and there was just like a tiny section of what they would you know, books for the blind or, or you know, books on tape in, in libraries and but I used to go for like long drives for the, the medieval reenactment events I, I went to. Um I checked out the Silmarillion for a long drive thinking, Oh, this'll keep me away. Oh no! Uh, it yeah. almost killed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I think that's going to pretty much do it for this episode. I want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, John, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you. All right. You can find me on Captain Game Show. It's a trivial way to play podcast right here on the Infinite Potato Alliance Podcast Network. All right. Chris, thank you for joining us. Pleasure as always. And where can we find you? I am a host of the Quantum Leap Podcast. You can find us at quantumleappodcast.com. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Jen, thanks for being here. Oh, of course, always a pleasure, and I'm all over the Infinite Potato Network. Just find me anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Scott, thanks for being here. Well, I appreciate it. Um, While I sit here eagerly awaiting the long-rumored Police Academy reboot, uh, (laughs) you can uh, stay tuned to the Infinite Potato Podcast Network for my upcoming new series, I'd Watch That for a Dollar, where I review... Uh, films that I have exclusively found at the dollar store. <laughs> and the backdoor pilot for that podcast is already on uh, this podcast. You can find it on a couple episodes back as of when this is coming out. So, 
uh, it's titled Babes with Blades. So check that out. Just um, probably heard my wailing and gnashing of teeth over the wind. By the background, is Terry Gar in it? Oh, no. no. <laughs> I don't get it. All right. Rick, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. It's always fun. Um, you can find me on Starbase 66, the death of which has been greatly exaggerated. We'll be recording a new show next week, even as we're recording this. Uh, the uh, much anticipated, at least by uh, those of some of us here, me, maybe <laughs> the prime direction, return to the prime direction uh, will be coming out very soon or already has come out, depending on when this, this episode airs um, and uh, open the iris. The Stargate SG one podcast is going strong. Uh, and uh, uh, I also occasionally find my way onto captain game show and that Star Trek podcast and um, anything else where people don't notice I happen to slip in. Rick, are you going to call the Prime Direction Prime Direction the Next Generation? I could. <laughs> but then we'd have to change all the logos. <laughs> Just curious. Just a thought. Let me open up Photoshop. <laughs> All right, if you want to learn how to email us or find us on Facebook or Twitter and all that, then uh, stay tuned at the end of the show. Brock will let you know how you can do that. But thank you so much for joining us this week, and make sure that you join us again next time on that Super Fan Talk podcast when you might hear John say... So, uh, the other day, uh, I was out walking my dog, and I looked up, and I saw a cloud, and it looked like a unicorn. And I thought to myself... That's beautiful, right? And then I, and then I was like, how many people walking around these days would even take the time to look up at the clouds? Like, like just everybody's just looking at their phones. And then I thought, how many of those people, if they did happen to look up, would think that, like, they saw the Lion King growing up and they would just think that it was just a dead unicorn? <laughs> okay. Like that's just what happens when powerful animals die. They just turn into cloud ghosts. And before you get all mad at me and like, oh, John, that's so dark. Whatever. Disney killed Mufasa. That wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on That Super Fan Talk Podcast. Brought to you by InfinitePotato.com. Goodbye. I'm saying, you know, this, this TV show, there's going to be action, but it's going to be a lot more talking. It's going to be like soap opera. Your mic switched or something. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, you're... you're Ooh, we, Scott. I was about to say, you sound like you're on somebody's television. Is, is this any better? Nope. No. All right, hang on one second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we were hearing some sort of echo, and then I realized Scott hasn't said that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you high, right? It sounded like it sounded like no. somebody had a TV on in the background, and, and Scott was on the show. Yeah, Scott, <laughs> I still don't think that you're you're plugged no. in. No, it's not any better. No, 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 like, no. What you do, man? It sounds like you have a tin can on a string attached to the the, the mic of your webcam. <laughs>
It sounds like you're swinging from your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like that is, that is not the sound I've made when I was swinging from my asshole. <laughs> oh, okay. Too much info. This concludes our broadcast day.